everywhere you go. It's like a little reunion. Pretty much, yeah. That's kind of how it is these days. Yeah. Know, especially in the bigger cities, we, we realize that... Uh, well, we, we, we were just talking about this last night. A lot of our old fans who a lot of them have become actual really good friends they're all in their like late you know mid to late 40s and they uh, they all have kids and yeah. real lives and so it's tougher for them to get out like they used to so it's just nice to get to sometimes some, sometimes we have to meet them early just to go have coffee or get something to eat or whatever and then they they can't even make the show so when they get to make the show it's pretty fun like time time is like this great you know leveler for, you know like fans fans yeah. become friends and yeah absolutely man especially well you know and it's always been that way in the sort of hardcore yeah. punk rock scene you know you, it's it's always a little bit more than i i for years i could even refer to people that like the band as fans i felt like it was like so so beneath like the people that were so supportive of us and so yeah it's 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 it, it i don't know that it would be as meaningful to me personally if if it didn't have that element yeah. to it you know like i can still travel around and stay at people's houses that i've known for years and i you know, we great conversation, and you know, but like, but know. like after you know, after like like thirty some odd years, there's got to be those instances where people like walk up to you and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you, you know, oh, like, yeah. like vague, oh, yeah, like vague recognition. Yeah. It's of, happened of these a few people. times just in the last hour. You yeah, know, just people like, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, uh, I know you, I know yeah. you. Yeah, it's that it's that thing, and like, the good thing is I still have most. I got a good. Okay, memory. So I can, yeah. you know, I, I always say that if that, that I've, if I sat at a Denny's restaurant or I've stayed at your house at least once, from that point on, I'll remember. If you've and, looked you know, at them yeah, yeah, for yeah. more than like we've had a meaningful conversation. <laughs> But you do get people that are like, man, remember we met at uh, Warp Tour in '99, and you, I came up and asked you to sign four records, and I was like, I'm sorry, that was I was in the third row at that. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that that's that's one of the funny things about you know, I mean it's been what like nine years since the last record. Yep, yep. It, you and know, tour U.S. tour away. Geez. It's it's like every every time you guys play again, it's like a little mini reunion show in a sense. Right? People <laughs> like because I, I you know I was I was I was reading a. Guys, <laughs> doing the meth. There you go, old old meth tale like from, that <laughs> from the straight son of a scene. bitch. Uh, yeah, but but you, you know you're saying like that um, you know, people treat it like a reunion show. Yeah, yeah. Which 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 for us is hard because we've never broken up. You know, there's yeah. never been that thing where we were like, okay, let's make the announcement. We're we're done. And um, and I always said going back, I just said if we ever break up, let's just fucking break up. Yeah. You know, like I mean. I think now maybe we would do something because it's we've been around for so long, and I, I think a lot of people would really, you know, if we were going to do one big tour, you know, I'd, I'd I'd like to let people know about that. But you know, I, our thing now is that as long as we're physically and emotionally and you know mentally capable to, of doing what we do, it's it, you know we're having fun doing it. It's 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 just it, there's no reason not to do it. I mean, it. I think people get. I think when I was in my twenties and thirties, I think the idea of like. You know, being 53 yeah. and getting on stage playing uh, hardcore, I, I probably did laugh at that idea. But I don't know. It just, you know, for whatever reason, maybe I'm justifying it, but it just feels like, uh, you know, it still feels pretty good. I don't think we're embarrassing ourselves too much. So it's, you know, it's good. Well, that, I mean, that you know, that's one of the side effects of, like, of, of youth culture. Is you, you think about your age a lot. <laughs> Especially when you see, like, you know, especially when it's a lot of 15-year-olds, if it's, like, a Warped Tour show. Yeah, well, and more than that, like, I, like, I don't find myself, I, I rarely sit around and think about my age. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with it, and I really, truly am. Like, yeah. there's moments where I get up, and I'm, like, groaning or whatever. When I think about it, it was when I'm on the road, I'm more conscious of it. 
and I, I find myself saying it a lot on stage, like, okay, we're, we're, we're old guys, you're, you know, and, and, and a lot of people think that I'm kind of, like, embarrassed, but I'm like, it's, it's really not that. It's like, there, there is a sort, sort of thing where when you do, when you just follow through in something that you've always done since you were fairly young, there's a, there's a nice, like, feeling of accomplishment, even, even if it is just like, hey, I've been in a punk rock band for fucking three, four years, yeah. but... The H thing is, it, it is weird because, you know, punk rock has always been so sort of youth-driven. Sure. And, and I think, yeah. as well it should, I think, like, hardcore, and I think it should always be led by the youth. Like, if it's being led by a bunch of 40 and 50-year-old guys still, that's sad, you know. But I also think that it's wise to, like, you know, research and check it out. And, and, and a lot of people, based on, I, I, I rant about nonsense on Facebook all the time, and a lot of people will, like... Oh, what's the old guy bitching about now yeah. about new bands and stuff? And I don't have a beef with new bands. I have a beef with the idea of like taking something that's really got a, an amazing history and it's become very like ingrained in so many people's lives and just sort of like within just shitting on it by not not having any connection to the 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 soul of it, yeah. you know. And that that's what gets me, you know. Well, that's I mean that's and that's not just hardcore or punk. I mean that's just something that I've oh, noticed yeah. in, in culture in general. I mean, there's no. You know, in, in in this age where everything is is right there, you yeah. know, full band discographies are right there. I, you know, if I'm if I'm like a 15 year old starting a band, what do I need context for? No, it's true. Everything's it's true. I get it. I, yeah. I understand that, and I and it, you can you can uh, you can cut you know cut corners so easily now and cut yeah. line in it. And I and I and I want to do that as well. It's just um, it's 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 weird being in we're, our little position because it's sort of like. We do, for instance, we go to Europe and we play a yeah. lot of festivals with a lot of young bands, and and you know it's like, oh, this is a hardcore festival. Well, in my old mind, I'm like, this doesn't sound like hardcore to me, yeah. you know, because I'm just the words hardcore festivals <laughs> is fuck is weird, right? Yeah, well, of course, that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's that, but that's you know that's the especially in Europe, that's really the big deal, and and you you get used to playing with so many layers of core, you know, yeah. metal core, yeah, crab yeah. core, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. It's like. And, and, and you start to accept it a little bit, which is, I think, really kind of what you have to do. You can sit and fight it, and Lord knows I can sit in a room with a bunch of 40-year-old hardcore guys, and we're all going to go, yeah, yeah, fuck these kids, you know. But it, I really don't feel like feel that way. I really am very encouraged that there's still, first of all, that there's still young people who even give a shit about going to a show, you know, and buying a record. You sure. know, it's, it still is meaningful to me, you know, so... You gotta. I mean, you gotta accept from the standpoint of just you know evolving as a musician and a band, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, if you were making exactly the same music you were making in 1982, I mean, you probably you probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. Well, we're still playing some of this stuff, so you know, yeah. I guess the argument could be made. I, I think it's like you know, but you've you've evolved. Sonically. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and 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 we were always it was always in our in our hearts to want to try and 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 change it up a little bit you know yeah. it, it, it was it was important for us to like remain true to i don't even know what it is like remain true to the 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 lifestyle and the the feeling of it because i never wanted to get away from the community part of it yeah. you know like that is that to this day is still the most important part to me even though it's changed to a certain extent because of the internet community is like you know, it's 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 at a, you know it's great because now you know the world's smaller, but you know, and you can stay in touch and you can actually feel closer to somebody you know in Serbia or Japan or whatever. But yeah, you there was always a feeling of like let's let's not just get too stuck in our our thing and and just stay the same, you know. And I don't know, you know, I mean, yeah. you, you, but then again, you know, we've sort of come full circle too, sound wise. And, yeah. 
So who knows? I don't know. There's never been a real game plan. <laughs> well, we're you know we're we're sitting across from this I guess it's this like community museum in this old bodega, and I and you know I was I was eavesdropping on you talking over there, and you, you mentioned the, the the hardcore documentary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's sort of the flip side of it, you know, is like. <clears throat> Do you run into an issue if it if it becomes you know too much of this um, like cultural artifact? This you know like I mean it's it's great yeah. that people are celebrating. It's great that you know new generations are hearing about listening to music. But at the same time, it's like especially something like hardcore. It just feels weird when you sort of put it up on this like you know big uh, intellectual cultural yeah. pedestal. I absolutely agree, and I'm I'm torn. I'm conflicted with yeah. it because on one hand, I think. You know, it should be left alone, and you don't you don't treat it the same way you would treat you know Chuck Berry or you yeah. Know. But but then when there is when when it's not properly properly documented or respected, I get very very protective over it. I get very upset, you know. So that in my mind, it's like you know there doesn't need to be a punk rock or hardcore Hall of Fame. But you know, years ago somebody said that they were starting one, and I was actually kind of excited about it. You know, not just because maybe we'll get in, but <laughs> I'm sure you'll get it's in. Like you know, I always look at it this way. I look at like I look at what punk rock, starting from the you know mid '70s on, how it's evolved and and and, and how it's changed and yeah. whatever. And when you think about what it covers and how influential it's been in every facet of a life, you know, fashion, art, yeah. politics, you know, everything. I mean, you know, we, we joke around about it, but just one of our best friends that's here tonight is, you know, he's a hardcore kid. He's an FBI agent. You know what I mean? I know cops. I know doctors. I know lawyers. I know people that have, like, go over and just work with feeding hungry people. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, they're all hardcore kids. They all have a black flag tattoo yeah. or something. And, and You can get in the FBI with a black flag tattoo? Yes, apparently you can. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. it, 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 it just, it just, it, 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 like, just covers so much, you know? And it, and... I don't know if that's something necessarily I, I, I should feel proud of, but I feel proud of being a part of that community. Like, yeah. you know, because I know that, you know, I, growing up, it was always like, you know, the, your, your punk rock friends are just a bunch of scumbag hoodlums, you know, and everybody, because of the way we looked. <laughs> and and I, I always said, I said, you've never met that person. It's one of the smartest people, one of the yeah. funniest people, one of the most, like, kind, generous people you'll ever meet. I doubt it. You know, they got safety pins there, whatever the hell it was. And to me, that was always like, you wait and see, motherfucker. You know, they're going to be the next president or whatever. Well, that's a, that's that's kind of a shitty thing to say, actually, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't wish that on anybody, right? That, that's it's funny though. Like you, you know, you mentioned you, you mentioned Chuck Berry um, again. Like, you know, I was reading an interview, and you, and you you know, you mentioned like again in the context of like, I, you know, I never expected that I would be like 40, 50 year old. 50 years old playing this music and you know you, you, you mentioned I think like the Rolling Stones the Grateful Dead but like I mean isn't it, it it's all the same right when you really think about it you know the Rolling Stones in 1962 yeah I mean yeah. they didn't expect to be 70 years old playing yeah of that course music not. Anymore. yeah yeah they probably have more of a, a initiative you know they, they, they know that every time they go out they're going to make millions and millions yeah, so maybe they have more fair. of a uh, more of a yeah. you know incentive I think I think though that although it, they probably it, need it less, yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I'm only you know we're only making a couple few million here and there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it's. Um, I think what it comes down to is is that, I, and I know a lot of old guys that are still doing the reunion thing, and, and and they're 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 making more money than they ever have. We're making like our guarantees are you know we would have never dreamed of making the kind of money we can make feasibly yeah. at a show, and I think what's what I'm happy about is that we just never really thought about it. Like even when people said. Oh, they're just, they're all, all the bands are all just money grabbing. It's like, we were never, it was always about just trying to make sure that the van, we could get a van, we kept the van running, we had a gear, and we, I mean, even the thought of hotels was like ridiculous. I mean, for the first 10 years, it was always staying in 
sleeping on shitty floors or whatever. And we still do that. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, we're, we're not fucking by, you know, we don't make a, a lot of money. But, you know, you talk to people, some of the old people, and they really are just like, they figure out, oh, I can make a shitload of money doing this. And I just, I really, 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 I, I feel happy that we're, we've never gotten to that level. Like, yeah. no one, we never sit around and talk about, like, Let's just go over to Europe and make a fuck ton of money, you know. And we could, you know what I mean? So you've, like it's, you've had it's, the, I mean, you've had the opportunity, you many, know? many, yeah. and we have gone over and done an exclusive show in this one country, and they'll pay you a shitload of money. Yeah. But it's not because it's like you know we don't want to fucking go to this country, but we'll do it for the however many. You know, we, there's always a love and a need for us to go to where we're going. We just went to Europe and we went to Russia for the first time, two shows in Russia, and it was absolutely mind blowing. I like I keep saying this, but. I've been trying to write about it. I write a lot, you know, yeah. in my journals and stuff, and I, I can't write about it. There's, it was like, because we went through this thing where we were, you know, we were it, between having bands that have been over there who were just painting the most horrific fo- picture of it, like, don't go there. They're, they, they, you'll, you'll see old women with goats and chickens on the trains and on the planes, and they'll, they'll rob you the minute they get there because they yeah. think all Americans are rich and they hate Americans and they're all cold and the absolute opposite of that, like yeah. warmth and soul and culture and they were they're up on our politics like they know what's going on in America for maybe more than we do because they, we get fed what we get fed from our media sure. it was it was incredible you know and just that alone you know it, it didn't matter that we weren't making a shitload of money it, what mattered was that it was just like this is going to change our lives a little bit you know for, for the good it's cr- I mean it's, it's crazy that it, it's crazy again like after you know, three decades that you can still have these experiences for the first time. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's uh, that's exactly the point. Like, you know, I w- would have never thought that I we get the chance to do that. Let alone, you know, every year we get to try something. We're going to South America in, in September, <laughs> first time ever. You know, and it's like I I, it, I just still really really get off on that, and I, I feel like it help it, it enriches my life and it makes me in my mind a better more evolved human being because I see things that I'm not going to see if I just sit at home yeah. and work a fucking job that I fucking that's, that just tortures me and I get it you have to work everybody's got to make a living but I just said at a young age I, I would almost rather be penniless and homeless and just wander the streets if the, op- the alternative was I could just get a job that I hate so much for people that just I hate so much you know and maybe not everybody has a luxury or whatever but it's something to shoot for, you know. Yeah. Always shoot for what you need in your life, so that you don't just become part of the problem and hate everybody in the world, you know. Because I mean, I know thirty-year-old people; they just hate everything. Yeah. They hate everything, and it saddens me. They're they're, they're kids still, you know. <laughs> so, so what do you? I mean, what do you? What do you? What do you? What are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing when you when you're at home? I know you had like a coffee shop at, at, for for a while there. Yeah, we did that for seven years. Um, not doing that anymore. We, we we go back and forth with whether we. We want to do it again or not? Yeah. Um, I tour a lot. I do a lot of my own solo yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and I try and get keep busy as, as much as I can. Um, there's been a, an interest in the, in the art stuff I do. I do a lot of drawings and paintings, and so more and more people are sort of becoming they become more interested in that. I think at this point, when I, especially on the solo tours, I I bring out prints and stuff to sell, and more people buy. I, I sell more of that stuff than I sell my CDs. So <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but yeah, I don't. I, you know, I, I I guess I just live within my means I don't yeah. I don't really have a lot of shit that I you know fancy shit and my wife is is awesome and I think as we get older we sort of appreciate the the finer things right in front of us you know mm-hmm. we, you know so I try to take it easy and not try to get too crazy about it I'll, unless it's like a new 
iPhone that I, I must have, you know, whatever. But I, I, I got to ask you about because uh, you know I'm from I'm from Northern California myself, and I oh where where uh, East Bay oh nice yeah and like I don't know like you know I I I, I knew some people in Sacramento growing up. And the only the only two things like we're like the only three things that left any lasting impression are you know like the state capital yeah the rivers which are great yeah yeah and then just <laughs> just that that inland heat that just you know that that's yeah. super hot like no ocean heat you got out there so what yeah no breeze no. what has kept you in Sacramento for so long uh I, you know I was born in Sacramento and mostly raised in Sacramento and then as a teenager yeah. my family up and moved to Reno which is where yeah, yeah, yeah. my brother and I started seven seconds. Uh, and, 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 and I just got to the point where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do shows. I couldn't really do anything because in a small town, if you did anything that was colorful or considered controversial, you were just constantly on the radar. You know, You're talking about Reno and, specifically? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I did a lot of punk shows, and I was yeah. always pretty active. And uh, it wasn't met by... I mean, there was support from the scene, yeah. the music scene, but it was it met with, you know... I couldn't get permits. I couldn't do anything legally. I had to do everything underground, which is all right with which me. Which is crazy in Reno, though, right? I mean, like in this, this like city of vice, right? Is, that well, you that's, can't so you can't put on a rock show. Well, therein lies that was always the thing as a kid I, that struck me as like, you know, it's okay to go bang hookers yeah. and drink until you, you're dead, and yeah. you know everything's it's all geared to the money. But they, you know, Reno was never about. Under twenty one, and yeah. so being under twenty one and growing up, I think up I went to that, a circus circus there. I think right. that was about that was it, the thing right? to do: yeah. go up into the fucking you know, go up into the uh, arcade yeah, and yeah, waste yeah. your money all you know. And, and if it was either that or or, or you know, uh, doing dragon main in your car on Friday and Saturday nights, and I, I just I, I didn't it didn't jibe with me. I never you, wanted. You don't to strike do me that. as a cruiser. No, I tried it. I tried <laughs> it. I remember, you know, my friends would say like, this, you know, it's where the girls are. Say, yeah. All right, I'll go. You yeah. know, but. It was, it was just, it was just, you know, I, even then, being 16, 17, I just remember thinking, this is such a fucking waste of time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could, I could, I could ride my bike somewhere, do something, you know? So, I think early on, I just got this feeling like, there's nothing for me here. Either I die here, stay here, and die, or I try and figure out something. And that, that just kind of worked along with getting really into punk rock, yeah. and seeing what was going on around the world, and thinking... I think we can pull this shit off. We just got to figure out how to do it, you know. And there was no blueprint. There was no uh, book to read. So, yeah. But um, Sacramento, you know, it was like I moved back in 88, I think. And at the time, Sacramento, the midtown Sacramento scene, it was really affordable. Uh, a lot of the musicians and artists all lived in that area. I knew a lot of friends because Seven, Seven Seconds yeah. played there a lot. And we always had great shows. And I really just wanted to I was actually living out here. I had a girlfriend at the time. She had an apartment in Tribeca, of all places. And she... I would come out here half the time, spend a lot of time with her. Uh, I talked with a lot of friends about going, you know, being, becoming a roommate and moving out to New York City because I loved it so much. But ultimately, I was like, I think I have to stay in California. I love it. I, I, I'm a Northern California guy, and I just don't ever want to be so far from it that I start to, I, I miss things going on in yeah. it. And Sacramento was small enough to where I could, I could do crazy shit still and, and, and make, a, make a dent, you know, so. But, but, you know, I mean, in a sense, because that, you know, 88, that sort of coincides with you starting to play solo I mean was and, and New York is such a good place or at yeah. least was in 88 it's maybe not as much anymore but it was a good place to sort of be able to go out and, and play right just get on stage in front yeah, of people yeah yeah unless you're like you know hardcore kid Kevin Seconds yeah. and then it's like what is he trying to do now you know yeah. and I and I never it don't, didn't dawn on me really at the time but I, I, I remember I'd invite my friends out I played a few shows in the area in New Jersey and stuff and it was just like Polite applause, but it really was like you're not gonna keep doing this, Harry. They're like, this is 
Slight applause from people who knew you from your other yeah, life. Yeah, they're just yeah. supporting me because they're, we're friends, you know. Yeah. Um, and I and I and and what I did start doing is I started to play a lot of open mics, and I and I said, you know, I'm going to just go in and play open mics, and I'm not going to fucking make, you know, I don't want anyone to go, oh, it's Newt from, you know, hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah. band. I, I'm just going to do it and 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 be as shitty or be as good as anybody else here. And and I learned a lot. I learned actually a lot to appreciate everything from my song, you know, songwriting to. I, I, it was only then that I started to really want to sing better, you know. Like I could always sort of sing, but I, I never. I spent, you know, the first twenty years yelling, which I still do. And I want, and but I knew I could sing, so yeah. I'm like, I'm going to try this. So it was, it was, it was inter- interesting to like. It, it, I, I sort of, I liked that I was still playing in a hardcore band, but I could still do all this other side quieter stuff. And Sacramento was just a really good supportive place for that. And before I knew it, I was hosting my own open mic, and I was like, "All right, I'll do this," you know, like because I was always about like trying to encourage younger musicians, and 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 and, and so I said, I, "I'm good at this. I like to do this," and that's where I met my wife. At an, I, I was hosting an open mic at a coffee house that my wife managed. Fell in love with her. We we just started to work together. She was an artist and a musician, and we started singing together. And so all of a sudden, everything just made a lot more sense in Sacramento. Whereas I think if I would have stayed in Reno, it would have never happened. Here, I probably would have been too intimidated. I actually bought a, a little amp, and I was going to try to play in the subway. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I was so intimidated. I was like, fuck this. Like, I, I tried to do it, and great. I was like, I can't do this. This is just, this is scarier than anything I've ever done. Huh. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, you know, and, and I did. I played, I busted a lot in Sacramento. There was always, you know, there was, it was before the city really caught on to the idea of it. Yeah. And they wouldn't come down on you and stuff like that. And I, I really gained a lot of experience doing that, so... It was, it, it was important that you got in front of people who didn't know who you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, and, and not not beca- not that I'm famous, but just because yeah. anybody that would be living in you know that area, it's like the, the minute people would know who you, they knew who you were, they would, it was it, whether you know instead of it being like you know let's see what this guy has to offer, it was yeah. always like yeah I heard Kevin Seconds down there with an acoustic guitar, let's go check it out. Yeah. Maybe he'll play Young Till I Die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's always what it was, and then I'd feel pressure to do it, and I'd try it, and I'd just fuck it up, and, and you know, it took me a few years to get past all that and say, I'm playing my own songs. These are different. You can like it, you can hate it. It's not. I'm not going to worry about it so much, you know. So, get, get, you know, get, get, getting back to, to to the internet, like I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, there, you know, the, the, there there was an internet when I was when when I was a teenager, but it, certainly it's not what it is now. And yeah, it, yeah. You know, and I'm wondering, like, wondering how. You know how, how my musical taste would, would be different had I had I had I had that in front of me and I, um, how, how like just sort of being I, I guess kind of you know being in Reno being being away from it I mean that 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 must have been part of what drove you is that like it was hard to come across that music yeah you had to seek it out you had to travel to get stuff you had to save up money uh, we I was we were just talking in the van about this where I would work a job like a busboy job yeah. or I had a valley parking job and I would make just shit money and I would save it up for the month and then I would I would have like $200 in my pocket and we would have to drive you know four hours to San Francisco to, to go to whatever cool record stores there were because we didn't have cool record stores even buying the first time I ever bought a Clash album it was like I had to go to another city so to how did that like before how did that how did that come to, like how did that come across your radar in the first place um, there was a it, there was a and it, it turns out that a, a lot of people saw the same special we did but in 77 there was a uh, on NBC they did an expose on the English punk scene <laughs> I mean I, I've, I've read this in biographies yeah, 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 yeah. you know and, it, and it's pretty neat it's sort of like there's a standard that's funny it was called Weekend and yeah. NBC Weekend they did a thing on and it was I remember my family was watching it 
and they just showed the the Pistols playing in some club in England, yeah. and Johnny was like, ah, yeah, I'm not, you know, and they were spitting on him, and they were they were they were like throwing shit at him, and I was like. What the fuck is this? Like we, you know, we're like Led Zeppelin kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, like we're not, like rock kids. And you're not like the, and it's not, it's not an instance of like the first time you're like, oh, people are spitting on him. That's what I want to do with my life. I, I just was, I could not believe the energy that was coming yeah. off of our little shitty colored TV. I, I thought this is, I it felt like an alien invasion, yeah. and I remember thinking, and this wasn't even, I mean, of course it was going in America, but we, it, this wasn't even saying that there's anything going on anywhere else yeah. in America. You had no idea. This was the English explosion, yeah. and I remember they interviewed kids with the safety pins. And my first thought was like, what a bunch of idiots. But <laughs> I never forgot the fucking the rage and whatever it was, it I instantly resonated with me. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I am angry. I'm very bored. I'm very sick of, like, what is happening here. And I could not wait to just go out of the door of the house and figure, where do I go to find this shit? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the funny thing was my little brother, Steve Butte, the bass player of Seven Seconds, he was very young. He was 11 or 12. I always drag drug him around everywhere. He was like, you know, we would just do everything together. So I remember he 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 caught the bug because I think I did, and we just were constantly like trying to find magazines. It, Cream magazine was huge because yeah. Cream magazine in the back they would always have the, like just even ads that would that would sort of allude to some crazy underground scene in New York or in L.A. And we just went from there. We would just comb the the things. We would send it for catalogs. There was a guy in New York City back in 77, 78. His name was Charles Ackers. I'll never forget that. Charles Ackers. He had a catalog that you could send in a buck, and he would send you a catalog of nothing but bootlegs and, like, British uh, imports of, like, seven inches and stuff. So it was then that we started, we were able to buy cassettes of, like, you know, Sex Pistols playing 100 Club and The Clash playing, you know, in a prison or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy bootlegs, and, and it was just... We could not get enough of it. It was yeah. like we 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 didn't even quite know what punk meant. Like it was just like, you know, is that something that we want to identify with? You know, but the music, the energy, instantly, instantly, and it was also the first time as want to be little. Like I always wanted to be a guitar player. Yeah. I was. It was the first time that I remember seeing. I saw some vi- visual, some video of the Ramones playing at CBGBs, and I remember or Mexican City something, and I remember thinking. That's something I can do, like that style of music. I can't do what fucking Jimmy Page yeah. or Richie Blackmore does, but that dude, I can play what he's doing. And the other thing was, is that they, when they would pan up, they just show how close the crowd was to the band. And, I, and I'd never, you got to remember in the seventies, you know, Arena the only you, well, you know, kids couldn't get yeah. into like the only bands that were playing in clubs were cover bands. Yeah. Kids my age couldn't get into those, so we would have to, you know, go pay ten, twelve, fifteen dollars to go see Judas or AC, whatever band was playing in a stadium, and. You know, it was like it, the experience was far different. It wasn't about you know intimacy. It was about yeah. like pay your you know you sit there and you see with binoculars. So that was huge for me. Something got in me then that just never has gone away. It was always like okay, this is what we we need to get closer to, and and that was seventy like the late part of seventy seven, early seventy eight, um, and. Being in Reno, yeah, we couldn't, you know, we were a little behind everything because we just couldn't get stuff quickly, you know. So it, it took a little while, but eventually, the minute we knew that it was happening, we were like, I, I don't know how, but we're a part of this thing, yeah. you know. It's yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum, but since we're going down this, this rabbit hole, like, first show, what was the first show like? The first punk show? You're, you're for, like, when you're, you know, you finally translate this music, you got your guitar... <laughs> You oh, kind of got a band. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we, we tried to start a band, and we thought we were clever. We, we, we were going to call ourselves the Misfits, and we mm. thought it was, like, the most clever thing. <laughs> I think we got it from a Kingston record or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, And we were broken. We tried to play. It was really very 
New York Dolls, Johnny Thunderish, you know, like, yeah, yeah, just kind of in that vein. We loved all that stuff. Um, you weren't wearing lipstick or anything. Of that no, thing. no. Although we did, tr- we did have an idea. My brother and I had an idea. We we're going to call our band American Kicks or something like that, and it was going to be. We really were going to glam it up, and it, it, it would, we would have never survived Reno. Like we would, Rednecks would have killed us instantly. Yeah. So you know, we, we didn't go in that route, but. The music, that slot, that trashy sound was really right up our alley. We loved it and stuff. So, and it was kind of easy to play. Like, I learned how to play. My only, to this day, the only lead guitar I can play is the Johnny Thunders, like Chuck Berry. You know, but... Um, yeah, we had a band for a a minute called Misfits, and then we found out there was another band from New Jersey called the Misfits. We're (laughs) devastated. And, I mean, they didn't uh, go anywhere. You could yeah, yeah. Taken we should have just taken it and said, "Fuck these guys." But yeah, we, we we kept changing our name, and then we would we, we would talk our f- friends into buying a drum kit and play drums, and never worked out. And then we we finally found a guy named Bob Seeds who could play. This is this is about the beginning of '79, and he could play. He was a rock and roll drummer, and we kept trying to get him to play faster. And it wasn't based on in bands because bands weren't playing f- super fast. Like we hadn't heard Bad Brains yet. And the only other band that was as fast was that band, Middle Class from Orange yeah. County. Hadn't heard that stuff You didn't stuff know yet. hardcore was a thing at that point. Hardcore wasn't a thing. Hardcore there was no hardcore. Like, it was like, it was, you know, Bad Brains were around, yeah. but I don't think, the, 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 you know, hardcore came around when we got to know DOA. Yeah. And they, yeah. their record, hardcore. They, long before Hardcore 81, in 80, they came to Reno. We brought them to Reno, and they were saying, you know, uh, this is hardcore. This is our, this is our, you know, we're playing hardcore punk. And we just loved the way that sounded. Yeah. It was like... It's kind of American or northern North American. Yeah. It's not so British, you know. It's not so. It's not like it. It, it seems American or northern. It's you like know. plucky, you know. It's, it's like just that, a little like different. American ingenuity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. so so we we kind of said let's 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 check this shit out, but yeah, we couldn't find a drummer that could play fast. And then there was a Cheech and Chong movie called Up in Smoke, mm-hmm. and there's a scene when they're trying out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And they go they they go and they're they're showing quick clips of bands and one of the bands was the Dills yeah 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 and yeah. that little teeny snippet was just enough to get in Steve and I's skin we're like they're amazing who is that band I mean this little thing well we found out they had a 7 inch you're not blank and we wanted a drummer that could play that fast and we, we tried so hard to get our drummer to play that fast and he copied it and copied it and finally did anyway that turned into 7 seconds yeah. and it tailed into 79 and that was where it all started I love that though man that's like mm. th- that's, that's part of the appeal though is that like that mystery, you know, and that, and the fact that it's going to take you like a month or a couple months to figure out what the hell that is, <laughs> and you know, in the meantime, it's just sort of like stewing in your brain. Well, which is what people don't have now. The no, mystery is not no, there. Like yeah. you don't. There's no mystery anymore. Like if you want to, long before you go and see a band play live, you can watch them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I do it myself. I'm like, you know, I hear Iron Sheik for a year, for a while. Friends of mine, Iron Sheik is the best, and I and they played through Sacramento a couple times. I've never seen him, so I was like, oh, I'll see him on YouTube. Fuck it, you know, but. That mystery is crucial, and I maintain the danger, the, yeah. the danger aspect, the, the idea of like what it would take to go leave your house and go to a gig, get on yeah. the bus, or ride your skateboard, yeah. get in your car. So much shit could happen to you in that time. You might not make it to the show. You yeah. might go and you know end up in the hospital or get fucked over by the cops or whatever it was. That was true danger. That was really going on. And when you were in a band going across the country, especially in Texas and Alabama and Florida. You know, there it was easy rider shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you we had, we had, we had an entire slash. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I'm glad that shit doesn't happen now. But I also do miss. I think the danger aspect is a huge part of what made 
this thing exciting for everybody that was getting into it, you know. And, you know, I mean, if you even think about the Ramones, if you think about today, if you think about the Ramones, that was the weirdest thing ever. These weird dudes sure. with the fucking, like... It makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And and, and, and they defined it. They were yeah. the ones that said, you know, the, the rip. you know, they still had the long hair, yeah. but they had, like, the leather jackets and their ripped jeans, and they just looked like... Aliens. They look it's like just a bunch of weirdos. That's what I love about it. And that it, sound. You know? I mean, yeah. to hear bands talk about. I say this every day, but that first fucking record to hear a band go, you know, Hey Daddy O, I don't want to go down yeah. in the bass. That freaked me out. I was like, or Beyond the hey. Bat with the baseball yeah. bat. That, those weren't lyrics that you're hearing from like Pink yeah. Floyd, you know. So it was. It was just mind blowingly fucking epic. Like I just, I, you know, I get chills thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, I could cry. It, to me, it was just like. Why is this shit appealing to me? You know, like, why do I find this stuff so fucking amazing? You but, know? You're, but you know, your stuff ends up being more immediate. I mean, you're 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 talking to very specific things in a lot of the songs. Right. You know, you're it's politics, or you know, it's yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm more comfortable with trying to you know explain myself, I guess, or try to put out the, the, yeah. the what I'm thinking. You know. Uh, it, 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 but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it's definitely evolved throughout the years for everybody. You know, like I love the message thing. I love, I love to try and get across, regardless of whether anyone gives a shit or not. It's like there's, there's a great joy in just doing it and saying yeah. it. You know what I mean? And 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 I, and I feel that way about any, you know, art, photography, anything. It's like if you're expressing yourself, you know, you should just do it in whatever way is good for you. Don't worry about. Don't compare yourself to the next person, you know. Anyway, I think this caffeine is. is <laughs> you sound you're yeah, buzzing, I'm, I'm dude. You're buzzing, man. <laughs> uh, did uh, uh, did you know? You, you said you said you wanted to, to, to sing better. You said you still can't really play the lead. Did, did I, I? But I assume that like sitting now with an acoustic guitar in front of people without having, you know, in a sense like. When, when you're in a band, you got a line of defense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got yeah. pe- not necessarily to fall back on, but you got, yeah. you got people, people got your back on stage. Um, did it make you want to sit down and be a better guitar player? Yeah. Well, like now, I'm now I want to be a better. I want to, I want to pick better. Whereas yeah. that's stuff that I never cared, gave a shit about. And so you're doing some like, like kind of countryish stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it's got that feel yeah. to it, and, and it's it's music I've always listened to. And, and um, Steve and I's father. My mom, our mom was like really Motown rock and roll mom. Our dad, yeah. we didn't. He, you know, left when I was ten, so we didn't have a lot of, a lot of experience with him. But he was a uh, Johnny Cash, Eddie Arnold guy, and yeah. Merle Haggard. He loved that stuff. As a kid, I hated it. I thought yeah, it was just yeah. like ah, some shitty dad music. But I would; I, those songs would always resonate with me. And 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 my mom like loved Dylan and loved like Phil Oaks and Simon and Garfunkel yeah, yeah. and F- folky, you know, all of them. Yeah. Woody Guthrie and that stuff. So again, I tried to rebel against all that stuff because yeah. I didn't want to like the music my parents liked but of course I had to give in to the fact that my mom was way cooler than I ever was I mean my mom you know turned me on to David Bowie yeah you know? like I, I would have never known about David Bowie being, so you would yeah. have figured out eventually I probably would have <laughs> you're right but yeah the, the acoustic folky stuff yeah. uh, country stuff just it's an it I don't know if it's my my California Bakersfield Oaky Roots or whatever oh, yeah. the fuck it is. Buck Owens and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got family that come from the Midwest and yeah. Missouri and Oklahoma and Iowa. Like they were all into that stuff and maybe it just seeped in somehow. Uh, it's very natural for me. Like I don't ever struggle with it. It feels good to sing it. I, I enjoy singing. I love harmony. I love like Carter family where like just three people sitting there singing. To me it's like pure good music. And I just never... I, it took me a long time to even feel confident that I could pull it off. You know, like I'd sit at home and I'd go, wow, you know, I, I can write a song. I can yeah. do this stuff. But it just would be weird playing in front of people. And I think I was too conscious of the idea that 
again, not because I thought I was famous, I'm not, or not that I thought I was any, anybody that a lot of people knew about, but it, it just my music, I was always trying to play my music for people, my friends, and they were just too like, dude, you're a seven seconds guy, you can't do this shit, you know, and I let it, I, yeah. I let it stop me, so... Yeah, it's it, it feels um, it's it's easy to do this stuff. I mean, it's not easy on the body, but it's easy to get up. The confidence is there. You kind of always know there's going to be at least a hundred people, you know, and and you 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 know that. My thing on the acoustic thing is like I play in front of six people easily on yeah. any given night. I come to New York. Last time I was in New York, I was in Brooklyn, and there might have been twenty people. You know what I mean? I've learned to really, really be okay with that because it, I, I, you know, if the if fifteen out of twenty people are fucking, they love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm set. And ultimately, I do this shit at home. I just sit on my porch with my wife. We play out in the park. We do this stuff anyway. So, if I get to go do it in front of a few people and talk shit and you know make you know a few bucks, what's wrong with? There's nothing wrong with that, you know. You gotta have nights though. I mean, like you know, especially like you've been doing it for for so long and you've got such an established. Uh, base with with this band. I mean, you still gotta have nights where you're like, "Fuck, there's only six people." Oh yeah, nights. yeah. Depending on like if I got enough sleep the night before, yeah. or if I'm I'm in a mid tour and I'm feeling a little mopey or whatever. But oh, wow, it's like the Warriors. It's like a weird bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. You're right. Uh, what's the uh, Mad Max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, without a doubt. But I, you know. I don't know. You just gotta. You gotta. You know. I always feel weird when I'm playing with somebody. I, I played with a, one of my favorite singer songwriters. I'm not gonna mention their name. I played, and uh, he he went on a little tour with me around the South and Midwest. And this dude's. An, he, I mean, he's an epic singer songwriter. Like he's like one of those guys that the press love. Like you know, you like name drop. You know, I don't mind. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, <laughs> it's only because I don't want to. I'm. I, I'm not. Try, I'm just trying to use it as a point. Yeah. He, you know, every other night he would get up there, and, and true to form, he'd been he's been playing for twenty five years. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, he's 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 considered one of the greatest living songwriters. Like now, I mean, it's it's amazing. He would just get up on stage, and it would just dawn on him that there's only like 20, 20 people there. Yeah. And you know, he drove for five hundred miles to get there, and maybe he's making two hundred bucks or a hundred bucks. Yeah. And it, you could just. He would. I, I watched him do this on a, on a few nights where he just was falling apart on stage, you know. Sure. And what dawned on me was that, you know, he would say, well, "I remember one night he said, why am I?" St-? He says this in the microphone, "Why am I still fucking doing this?" Yeah. You know. And it was like he was talking to himself. It was very like intimate and awkward and and cringy, but you felt for the guy. And I'm sitting next to a girl that was actually traveling with him, and we're, and, and I'm like, "Dude, you're doing this because." There are people right now that are listening to everything you're doing and they love, even if it is only 10 of the, you know, play for them. You know, yeah. like they spent seven, eight, ten, whatever dollars. And I do believe in that. Like, I think it's like you, you can't shit on that. Like, you can't, it's easy for you to, every single night, every single night, we'll be playing and there will be 500 people and I'll look out and I'll see one girl yawning or just not paying attention. She's on her phone and it will kill me. Yeah. I'll be like, what the fuck? What are we doing wrong? You know what I mean? Like one person, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'll ignore all the smiling and the sing-alongs and everything. crazy. You must be a nightmare on Facebook. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and then, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, like I'm not going to, look, anybody that does this shit, you, obviously we've got vanity. We've got an ego a little bit. You don't do this if you don't have something. The ego is not playing Man, a part of it. But fucking, you, you come from a scene where people were spitting on each other. Now you can't <laughs> you can't deal with the, with the girl. But even with that was a phone. sign of respect. <laughs> like, if you didn't get spat, yeah. spat on, you were like, what the yeah. fuck <laughs> me? You know? 
Yeah, I, it's it's fucking crazy, and none of it makes yeah. sense. And I, I don't try to, I don't try to analyze it ever. You know, like people are always trying to pull me into these conversations online. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't think about it. Like, if I think about it, I drive myself crazy, and then it it really makes me feel embarrassed that I'm even doing it. Like, why don't I just get a fucking honest, real job where I'm actually helping people instead of just like trying to nurture whatever this crazy thing I do is. I try and be very, very like conscious of the reality of it and keep my feet on the ground. It's very, really important. And some of my friends say, Man, "You're too humble, and you're always self, you know, so self-deprecating." And it's like, it, to me, it's just like it's a laugh, you know. Yeah. Like you have to laugh at everything that happens, and not in a like I'm embarrassed way, but just like how how. How how nutty is this? That you know? I that I still get to do that. Like, people let me do this. Yeah, yeah, that I'm in plan in fucking New York, yeah. and it's you know I'm like doing an interview. You know? yeah. How nutty is this stuff? I don't. I never take myself so seriously that I'm like, look at me now. You left when I was 15. You know. Yeah. So I try and carry that with me, and, and I'm lucky enough to have a, a really grounded wife who just sort of very lovingly and very respectfully if I get a little too high and mighty she'll say oh honey you know don't you know like she's she's good with me in that and she, she's one of the few people that can kind of make me go oh yeah I'm being an asshole you know yeah. or I'm being too you know too eager to try to please or whatever the fuck I'm doing so so, so for yeah for, for, for Salman and for Salman uh, here's the Troy whistle <laughs> it's like a dog whistle that. <laughs> for Salman in, in, in nine years you know why uh, you know why, why, why I guess Sorry, silly question, but why, why keep putting out new stuff? I mean, you know, hey, like, you, you probably could do just fine playing the old stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and... And and, 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 uh, and some people probably would, you know, want, just want the old stuff that, you know, I, I play the hits. I think so, and, 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 and we're not a, well, we, we, you know, we, we've never been a, a big record-selling band. Yeah. We never sold a ton of records. Uh, records, like, you know, the records that, to this day, that sell the best are the records the crew and walking in the rock that they'll always sell the best. Yeah. But for us, it's like... The first, uh, the first two or three. Yeah, 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 of course. You know, and, and that's, that's just the way it is. I'm not going to try to fight that or I'm convinced, try to convince anybody that we're current and new and fresh and young and cute and whatever. But... Uh, I'm a I'm a songwriter, and, I, and over the ten, last ten years, I've really become very uh, prideful of songwriting. I love just I love the process. I love it, and I think I'm good at it. And I and I love to get better at it. And even with Seven Seconds, even though it's like, oh, you're just singing two minute songs about you know generic politics or whatever, that may be. But I put everything into when I write. Like there, for the 10, 14 songs that make it on an album, there is like another ten that just didn't make the cut you know and and I and I always write for the band and I always try to kind of check in with the guys and we all live I, they live in Reno I live in yeah, San yeah. so I'm always like what do we want to do you know and for the longest time it was like well we probably should make a new record because that's what you do in a band that's what we did forever sure but gotta I, stay on the radar right but yeah. for me like I kind of you know I, I pay attention and I follow, I check I, I know a little bit more about what's going on in the music industry and bands and this so I'm like you know the world's not gonna they're not clamoring for a new 7 seconds record so if we ever do it let's do it when we're ready to go tour behind it and ready to go say hey look we got a new fucking record you're gonna listen to this shit now and there was always a thing too like with record labels you know this time around or you know two years ago I considered like just trying to write a batch of songs seeing if they liked it if we did we'd record it ourselves and put it out ourselves but then that would have meant that I would have had to you know run another record label and I'm you know I proved, proved a few times before I'm not that great at it so <laughs> You know, we had a deal with Sidewind Dummy. They put out their last two records. They were, it's always been open. Whatever you guys want to do, we'll do it. But it wasn't enough of like, you know, let's get the new record. It was always like, whatever you guys want to do, you do. You want to fart on the recording, we'll put it yeah. out. 
just just because they're old fans. Yeah. So for us, it was like let's let's you know let's either do it ourselves or you know do we want to do we want to is, is there a such thing as shopping a demo around anymore? I don't even know if people do that anymore. Well, right around that time, Craig from uh, Rise Records came to a show and he came. We were playing a festival with the Refused and all these great bands in Belgium. And he comes up and introduced himself and he, and he just said, "Hey, you mind if I get your number? I, I want to give you a call when you guys get back to the states." So I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So we got back. He called and he said, "Hey, I don't know if you got a deal, but I'd, I'd like to put out a record." And, and I said, eh, "You know, maybe we'll do it." But I wasn't that hot on the idea because. Everybody in the band have kids and families, and, and they all have jobs. And, and, it's like, and you're, you know, it just, you're it's, hours and hours away yeah, from that. It's, well, no. yeah, but it was mainly just like, you know, Steve was raising two boys by yeah. himself. He couldn't just take off and go get in the van for a month or whatever. So I said, well, if and when we're ready to do it, that's when I will really be serious about writing a record, and I will get into it. But only if I know that we can, like, fucking tour. And so once, you know, his oldest, his oldest son, or his youngest boy is... 18, I don't know, they're, they're old enough now to where they kind of can fly the coop and, and spend time with their mom and yeah. everything's cool. So this is the first time where everybody in the band is like, doesn't have kids to worry about and jobs are like just whatever. And we just said, all right, now's the time. So we, you know, I, I talked to Craig and met with him a few times and it all came together really quickly. It was like, uh, you know, and it's a label that's not really known for yeah. putting out the, yeah, yeah. this kind of stuff. So Every we you know it was a little strange. I, I did some research and it was very weird listening to the bands that they work with. I'm like, I don't even know where the connection is here, yeah. you know. But Craig is like a punk rock hard school. You know, he's a hardcore fan. He yeah. grew up with listening to skating and that stuff, and and that that really meant a lot to me. It means a lot to me. So, yeah. it, is is there is there a feeling though? Because like I had um I had Keith Morris on the show like a month or two back. Oh, cool. Went, went off of that here and like you know like I like. Poor guy, like he was doing the interview. He was literally lying down. Yeah. He's in bed. I mean, he's like his health is not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I got this feeling that part of what drives him is like, I, I know I can't do this forever. Yeah. So like, let's let's do this now. You know, we got this great band. Let's go out there and do this. Now. Well, and he does everything he does is he does it really well. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. whether it's off or flag. You know, he, yeah. he does. I just read today he's in a new super group. You know, I'm like, where does he fucking find the time? You know? I don't know. Especially like, you know, he has like four or five chronic chronic conditions mm-hmm. but like is is that part of you know is, I mean is that like I guess sort of in the, maybe in the back of your mind but is is the sense that like yeah I mean you know I could play music forever but I can't play in this band forever is that part of what gets you out there what just like the challenge you mean no no of, of it sort of being a finite timeline um, I, you know that's a good question I, I, I suppose it is I mean I, I you know I, I'm not sure I understand like, like well, well just cause like you know like you, you know you've been doing this for a while and, and it's a thing that you love yeah 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 but it's also a thing that we'll go you can't away do, at some you point. can't do forever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I guess I guess it is you know like I, I I've been saying since for the last three records like this could easily be the last yeah. record this will, this could be the last tour and if it is then we're we're proud of what we've done and we move on you know and I really do think that I that I could do that but as long as these guys, Steve, Troy, Bobby, as long as they're fucking excited, yeah. and as long as, like, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. We turn down tours, we turn down shows all the time, and it's like, I sometimes I go, why, why does anyone, anyone care? You know, we're not drawing, we're not going to draw, like, a thousand people to a show, you know. But it's 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 a mixture of all that stuff, I think. And I, and I think, like, I am at a point in my life where I will always do music. Like, the acoustics are a lot easier, obviously, to do yeah. on my body. Yeah. It's easier to tour. I tour alone. Yeah. I travel well alone. 
alone well. So I can do it, and I will do it. I'll be doing it until I'm, I just really am, like, too sick or too, you know. But, you know, there is that thing where when you get up and play a show, you know, and it still fucking ignites, it's really hard to, like, not love the fucking shit yeah. out of that. Like, you can't just walk away from that and not feel like... Man, it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool. We get to still do this, so I think that pulls us you back in. I think it keeps it's sort of like, you know, I there hasn't been really been a moment in my mind yet where we, we where we've just been like, oh, dude, we've just had a string of like really lackluster phone in shows, really? you know, and 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 that is. It's a miracle to yeah. me because we, you know, none of us are like. I mean, I'm. I've got a busted up knee. I've, yeah. I had a torn calf muscle last year. I'm not in the best of shape. So you know, it's hard. It's hard. It really does. You lay in the van after a show and you're going, "I'm fucking 53 years old and I feel like I'm 73." You know, but uh, yeah, that stuff. Every night, it's so it is a little bit of a, an, a like an addiction, I guess, a little yeah. bit. But yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I just you know, like people say all the time. You know, I get every show, someone will come and say, "Just please never break up. Please keep doing this." You know, and I'm like. That's a really, really scary thought, you know, yeah. like we'll be 75 and, you know, uh, so I don't know, you know, I guess I, again, I try not to think too much about it. I try to just go based on, on, on my gut feelings and, and if it ever got boring, if it got, ever got to the point where I was just like, not, I've seen some bands that are currently like older bands that are doing super fucking well and I've seen them on stage and just not even connecting with the crowd, yeah. not giving a shit about the crowd, just phoning it the fuck in and the crowd going ape shit and I'm like that wouldn't be enough for me the crowd could still ape shit and I would walk in I'd just feel horrible I would just not dig it you seriously like over like you know over um God, like 17 records or something like that or yeah, yeah. like you, you you can't look at any of them and be like well you know that no no no, no. the only thing I do is I listen to, like production wise I yeah. go oh like our 80s records I can't listen to like our record new one because it's so saturated in reverb and that it's 80s, an 80s production. Record. Yeah, and the vocals, yeah. vocals are way louder. Yeah, I can imagine how in my mind when we did the demos of all of that stuff, they're always way better. Like yeah. they, like if I released that stuff, we ever released it to me and maybe not to anybody else because you know there's a whole you know generation of kids that love that stuff yeah. and rem- and you know that there's a meaning behind the whole thing. For me, it just is cringy. I can't listen to it. But as far as like the and you know, there, I'm sure there's songs that I'm like oh what was I thinking on that yeah. one but in terms of records and, and touring and stuff no it's it's all been really solid and, and it was we did I, I like to believe that we were doing everything for the all the reasons that are important for us and maybe some people thought we were corny or not too too punk or too not too punk enough whatever it was there was always you know I mean we had a huge backlash in the in the mid 80s when we came out with our new win record mm. everybody was just like you gotta be kidding me like this is like U2 Cure REM shit and we were like whatever it is we're into it you yeah. know whatever it but we took we took the lumps you know we got we, the, we were the, we were we were loved and, and regarded highly regarded uh, because of our album Walk to the Rock together and then we just went and did a, an about face and to a lot of you know fans they it was like a you know, it was like Dylan at the fucking the festival where he gets up and plays electric. It was, oh, it was yeah, a yeah, travesty, yeah. you know, New, on Newport, that level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, we didn't know. We had no idea. We, we weren't smart enough to think about it. We weren't savvy enough. We just thought, we're just being musicians, man. We're, just, yeah. we're doing what punk is about being open-minded, you know. Well, it wasn't ever. It, it still isn't, you know. No. But in our minds, because that was our idealized yeah. version of it, you know. But it was, a, it was great because it, it taught us to be thick-skinned. It taught us to, like stay focused on what we're doing and just play the show we want to play and and define ourselves and not have to 
you know, for years, there's still people that call seven seconds a straight edge man. We've yeah. never been a straight edge man. I mean, there's, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, but we've never been comfortable about being like straight edge, straight edge, straight edge, you know? But so many people love the idea that we're a straight edge man, yeah. you know? What are you going to do? <laughs> so, so, and, and we'll end on this because I've had you for a while now. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, like, two, two, you and your brother, the two consistent members yeah. o- over the course of the band, uh, you know, Obviously, over the years, and, and <laughs> this is a good thing. But over the years, you know, your music, your music has changed. Yeah. So, what um, what's the con- what what's the through line there? What's the what? Line? What's the through line for the for the band? Like, what what is you know what what's defined seven seconds and seven seconds? Ultimately, I think we're at our best when we're playing fucking fast, melodic, yeah, hardcore punk rock music in a in a packed club. You know, we do huge festivals in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people. We do. We play, you know, for me, like, it always comes back down to a, just like, one, two, one, two, three, four, yeah. and I, To me, I think we're really great at that still. Uh, not a lot of bands are doing that style. Like, that's sort of a thing of the past. Um, it, it's not highly regarded anymore. No one really, there's no pre, you know, it's not, it's not worth anything. Like, it's just a, oh, they're from the 80s, you know. Yeah. But it, it just feel, it feels good to me. It feels good to, to listen to that. And when I do hear a young band that's doing that, it just brings just a rush of good feelings like I love the yeah. fact that it sounds like that yeah. because you know hardcore is, is something completely different now you know to hardcore to a 17 year old kid is you know pig squeal and shit and the metal stuff and that's okay but it's not okay I have a beef with it because it's like why don't you come up with a new name at least for god's sakes you know we but it, to me that's what we what, what ultimately we are and we do different things you know our new album's got a few songs that are much more slowed down and some kid compared uh, the lead track of our new album Leave a Light On to Maroon 5 you know I don't think I've even heard a Maroon 5 song but it's okay you know you, you have you've been in a supermarket and you've heard it before yeah exactly I haven't yeah. I've heard them but I don't know yeah. so yeah you know we're, we're a fucking old school hardcore band yeah. we, that's all we really are trying to be um Take it or leave it, you know. And, and on this tour, so far, people are taking it. You know, there's been a lot yeah. of big crowds. No one seems uh, there's smiles. Everybody's singing. No one seems bummed or cheated. Everybody seems to be very, very happy that we make it. And and it at the end of the day, which yeah. is one of my least favorite things, that's really what it comes down to. That's what it's really the, the, the fun part of it, you know. And, yeah. and you can still shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got a voice to <laughs> scream all my bullshit out, you know. It beats uh, trying to, you know, put across a great message on Facebook, you know. Do it with a song, do it with music, and it's more fun. There you go, punk rock legend, sometime coffee shop owner, Kevin Seconds. Uh, absolute, absolute pleasure speaking with Kevin. I don't know if this really, if, if this came across during the interview, but uh, we actually conducted the whole thing right in front of the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Uh, and as I was setting up, as I was, I was you know, getting getting the, the recorder ready and unspooling the wires and everything, we had all of these fans of uh, of Kevin, all these fans of Seven Seconds, were were coming up and asking to you know to speak with him. They were sharing sharing old stories of seeing the band. Uh, taking photos with him, having him sign autographs and things like that, and he was um, just, just, just so nice to each and each and every one of them. And I sort of, you know, offhandedly, I made a kind of a, a jokey comment that, that time is the great level because you know you don't really see a lot of uh, a lot of musicians, a lot of bands really engage with their fan base in, in quite the way that that he does. Um, you know, they really do consider them friends. But he said uh, that's sort of been the way that that uh, that it's been since the band. Um, 
it seems seems very much to have been the case. He's been in this band since he was 19 years old. Started out in uh, in in Reno, Nevada. They're still out there, still touring. Uh, just put out an album, uh, pretty pretty good album in the in the past year called Leave a Light On. Uh, if you do get a chance, you should see them when they when they come to your town. Still very very much a a, a high energy tour. So uh, so thanks so much to Kevin for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing this thing together. Thanks to everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Uh, if you liked what you heard, there's plenty of other fine Boing Boing podcasts over there. You can check them out over on iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, want to take the opportunity to to rate the show. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can also send us some feedback. It's rolcast at gmail.com. We've got a Tumblr. Everything goes up on the Tumblr first. You get it uh, hours, if not days, before you'll see it over at iTunes. That's rolcast.tumblr.com. All kinds of good shows lined up. Uh, so we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL. 